This is Sacred Tension, the podcast about the discipline of asking questions and where we try to have compassionate and compelling conversations about challenging subjects. My name is Stephen Bradford Long, and as always, this show is made possible by my patrons at patreon.com slash Stephen Bradford Long. They are my lords and saviors, and I truly could not do this show without them. So this episode is brought to you by the patrons, Patty D, Jared, Marky Moon, Jack, Amanda, Jessosaurus Rex, Amy, Sean, Caprosius, and June. Thank you so much. And for anyone listening who wants to join their number, please go to patreon.com forward slash Stephen Bradford Long, and you get extra content every single month not month, every single week. Jesus, that would be a terrible deal to sign up on Patreon just for content every single month. Otherwise, if you didn't, you know, if if people don't support me on Patreon, then I will be pushed to desperate means and I will have to train my cats to become a cat circus. And I would have to like take my cat circus out on the road and that would be very hard on my cats and nobody wants that for me or my six cats. So to avoid the terrible fate of me having to train my cats long hours to become a cat circus, please become a patron and every little bit truly helps. But there are other ways to support the show. If you are not able to give financially, I completely understand. The best way to support the show is to just leave five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and that tells our digital overlords that this show is worth sharing with others. Okay, with all of that out of the way, we have some incredibly exciting news to discuss. Shalise Blythe, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. I can't keep count. This must be like your fourth or fifth or sixth time. I don't even know anymore. You've been on so many times now. Something like that. Yeah. For some reason, you haven't gotten sick of me yet. So one of these days, one of these times. Whatever. I adore you. (laughs) (laughs) So for people who have not yet heard the news, the Satanic Temple has launched an abortion clinic. And that is all I'm going to say. I will let you fill in the details. Yeah, so uh, the Satanic Temple um, will be launching. So we're doing this uh, beforehand. So today's the the 7th of February. So on February 14th, on Valentine's Day, 2023, uh, we will be launching our first reproductive health clinic in New Mexico. Um, And it is in order to provide material support for those who would like to perform our religious abortion ritual. So material support uh, includes providing telehealth screenings, appointments, and the prescription of medication abortifacients for the use of the abortion ritual. The uh, anyone with a New Mexico shipping address who wishes to perform the Satanic Temple's abortion ritual will be able to receive a free telehealth service through TST Health which is what we're calling it, or if we want to go into the full name, it is Sam Alito's Mom's Abortion Clinic. <laughs> um, I can get into that a little bit later. But um, but anyway, so uh, the process for all of this is, um, so prior to receiving a, prescrip- a, a prescription for, for the abortion ritual, patients will undergo a confidential medical screening and telehealth appointment before having their prescription sent to the clinic's pharmacy partner, um, who will mail the abortifacient medication in a discreet package. 
Um, so the actual visit, the, the screening, the conversation you have with the registered nurse, as well as the uh, LPN who will be doing the actual prescribing of the medication. Uh, all of these people by which are abortion providers, these are people who have been working with uh, in, in abortion, in, in uh, reproductive health care for years, many, many years. And uh, a lot of them were actually displaced by recent legislation across the country, uh, shutting down various clinics. So uh, these are people who are extremely dedicated to people that need uh, abortion care. So, um, so you you have your uh, you have your um, online uh, or telehealth visit. You know, with the registered RN, you you know they they make sure they get uh, make sure that you are um, eligible to receive this medication. Um, as with any type of medication you get prescribed, there are certain pre-existing conditions that might uh, make you ineligible to have this medication or receive an abortion, um, and that's just standard medical practice. Um, you can receive this care up to 11 weeks in the pregnancy. After that, uh, we cannot provide abortifacient for that. So after you're cleared, signed all the consent forms, uh, the, the nurse and the, the LPN make sure that you're good to go then you can get the prescription for the abortifacient. So the pharmacy itself um, will charge about $90, uh, $90 US, which is actually one of the cheapest uh, that you can get for any mailed uh, abortifacient. Because, you know, there are, there are other um, services that do provide, um, you know, mailed abortifacients, but $90 is actually pretty cheap. Mm. Uh, so anyway, um, so our uh, licensed medical staff will be available for patient questions and concerns and will initiate follow-up communications with the patients. And obviously, we also have a dedicated patient hotline on call 24-7. So um, yeah, we we have officially um, uh, launched the very first religious abortion clinic ever. That's, um, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. It's uh, it's a really amazing thing, and you know, this has been something that is is very much needed, uh, especially since you know we are living in the post Roe v Wade era, and because of that, not only are our religious rights in various ways being denigrated, you know, if you don't, if you don't uh, belong to the predominant Abrahamic based faith uh, that is meant to, uh, you know, benefit the most from the laws and institutions that are currently in place. But also if you are someone seeking reproductive health care, whether you are guided by your religious principles or not, uh, that is also being denigrated as well. So um, the fact that we are able to provide uh, this for those who want to uh, engage in our religious abortion ritual, I mean, it's it's no small thing. And it's, it's taken years and years to get to this point. Um, and it has taken um, a lot of dedicate a lot of dedication from the volunteers and TST to put this together. Um, you know, a major, major shout out to our religious reproductive rights campaign director, Aaron Hellion, who has spearheaded all this is yes. the reason we are able to do this. You know, she has worked tirelessly with the, um, you know, not only with executive ministry, but, you know, working with all of those who uh, not only are clinic staff, but also the um, the medication, uh, the pharmacy partner um, who is going to be, you know, dispensing the abortifacient medications and, and 
literally everything that had to go into making this possible. So um, huge shout out to Aaron for making this a reality. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone has worked so hard and for so long to make mm -hmm. this a reality. And Erin is incredible. And I wish that she could have joined yeah. us for this conversation, but she's a badass. Everyone wants her ear right now. Yes, yes I'm, <laughs> I am sure. Okay, so I suspect that for this episode in particular, we're going to get a lot of listeners from outside of the satanic community listening in on this one. Uh, sure. just because of the news. So let's just take a big step back and look at the big picture for just a moment. The Satanic Temple is a non-theistic religious organization uh, that pursues noble actions and justice and uh, fights for reproductive rights, among many other things. Uh, would you say that is a succinct definition for anyone listening? Yeah, yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's pretty fair. Um, you know, we are we are Satanists and we are a religious organization, first and foremost, and uh, our beliefs are uh, primarily focused around the seven tenets, which we view holistically. So, um, you know, all of our tenets are meant to be practiced, you know, in a, uh, via a holistic approach instead of just, you know, you know, pin, you know, picking one over the other or whatever. Yes. And um, it is it is our um, dedication to, um, you know, the tenets and what they speak of and the spirit uh, of which we are supposed to kind of lead our, or, or we are encouraged to lead our lives, you know, with these tenets and also our identity as Satanists and what Satan means to us uh, that informs why we do the things we do. So, when it comes to uh, our religious reproductive rights campaign specifically, people think that Satanists in general, I mean, you know, you, you think about Satanists when you, you know, if you're not familiar with Satanism, if you're just somebody who grew up and are familiar with, you know, common depictions of what Satanism is or what Satanists do. Um, I'm sure the concept of baby killing, blood drinking, uh, you know, devil worshiping. QAnon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, and, yep. you know, and these, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that these are things that are not seen as being absolutely silly and, and uh, you know, that shit that's concocted by Hollywood, which, you know, the majority of these things are. Yeah, so Satanists do not commit acts of violence as part of their religious tradition, <laughs> the vast, vast, vast majority, and certainly not the Satanic Temple or Church of Satan, uh, which is, and also Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple are two separate organizations. That's another important thing to know. And we do not believe in a literal God or a literal Satan. Satan is the icon of the unbowed will and the hero who rises up against incredible odds and fights for the outsider. Yeah. And so it's it's how we conceptualize uh, what Satan means to us, as well as the uh, things spoken of in our tenets that guide our actions. And so uh, with religious reproductive rights, the reason we we fight so hard for that is because, you know, we have two two tenets specifically that tend to be the focus of religious reproductive rights. The, you know, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone, and also beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world, uh, one should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. So when it comes to the topic of 
abortion specifically, reproductive justice, reproductive care. The reason we fight so hard for our ability to maintain control of our bodies and decisions we make with our bodies, um, you know, is, is at the forefront of that. We, we view something like abortion as being just part of standard medical care. And when we make decisions about our medical care, we should base that on, you know, the best medical science that we have, best medical uh, practices that we have. And, um, and we also view the tissue that is created that is, um, you know, the, the tissue inside that you want to dispel as being just that. Now, you know, that the question always comes up, you know, we, we've been getting this a lot, especially after the announcement of this clinic of, how do you respond to those who claim that what you're doing is uh, basically a human rights violation because you're essentially providing uh, an avenue for those to engage in the murder of innocent life? Therefore, you are. Uh, I, I think somebody. I think somebody in one of our uh, media requests referred to it as a as a uh, a route to genocide. As, as the term right. Used. Or or I've also heard the term ritual sacrifice used. Ritual sacrifice. Yeah. So if you're somebody that believes that pregnancy tissue equates to a unique individual being in life, then sure, that is your belief. However, that is a religious opinion that is not a medical or yes. scientific opinion. And so um, we do not view pregnancy tissue to be a unique individual being that has a soul or has the ability to um, be recognized as such, you know, it can't survive and it cannot actually do anything outside of the, uh, the pregnant person's body. It is a part of that pregnant person's body. And because of that, you know, we make the decision about whether or not we want that tissue to then go through the biological process to, you know, go through the, the pregnancy and then, you know, upon, you know, after 38 to 40 weeks gestation, live birth happens. Um, and that is obviously the preferred outcome. However, there are, and it doesn't matter the circumstance of which why a person chooses to have an abortion. Um, there is no ethical litmus test of which Satanists say, well, you know, it's only okay to have an abortion if, you know, this is something that we, we hold to be a, a decision that is entirely upon the person, the pregnant person to make without, without interference. It's inviolable. So, yeah. 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 Because our bodies are, are, are inviolable. And even if an abortion is not something that we would choose for ourselves, we would never, we would never shame or place that, that preference upon another person who would choose that for themselves, no matter the circumstance of which they're choosing it. Yes. So um, anyway, so because our view of a clump of cells or, you know, uh, microscopic pieces of tissue is what it is, you know, that's that that is why. Uh, so when it when it comes to the prohibition of our ability to access the care that we would seek for this um, and the prohibition is a um, is is purely coming from the religious views of other people that is prohibiting us from accessing it. Because again, 
prohibitions for access to abortion care are not based on, you know, new science has come out that this is, you know, something that harms the individual. It is not based off of any data or science that says that this is actually something that is harming unique individual beings. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they're not basing it off of anything other than their own personal religious opinion and uh, viewing uh, a fertilized egg as a person. So that's why you're seeing a lot of language uh, about, you know, when it comes to like the heartbeat bills, when it comes to other legislation that's coming out that defines a fertilized egg as uh, as an individual person. And so therefore any interference with that person's growing inside a uterus as being the same as murdering an alive person. Um, again, this isn't based in science. This is purely based on personal opinion that's, that's you know, driven by their religious views. That's right. Yeah. So and, and we, let's just uh, let's just pause on that moment really fast because so the idea that a fertilized egg is a person is a religious belief. It cannot have a place it cannot be mandated by the state. Right. That's an important piece right there. The The idea that a clump of cells, fertilized cells, is a person, that is a religious belief, and therefore the state cannot legislate it. The state cannot enforce it on anyone. Yeah, and um, and also because we have the Religious Restoration Freedom Act or RIFRA uh, that's been passed in several states, it is law that no state or you know the the, the federal government nor can any of the states uh, they cannot enact any laws that prohibit any religious person from engaging in uh, their their religious practice. Mm. So coming to when it comes to the, you know, the acts, you know, the actions that we take when it comes to um, basically preserving our religious rights, specifically in TST, we, we look to RIFRA um, a lot when it comes to the laws that have been uh, mandated whether full prohibition or the force of, you know, receiving uh, state propaganda materials, being forced to view ultrasounds, being forced to engage in ritual um, burial practices for any um, tissue that is that does result in uh, maybe like a miscarriage or, or abortion. These laws that prohibit or even force us to engage in, in uh, religious practice we would not do. Um, we've essentially said, no, you can't do that. You cannot prohibit us from engaging in our um, in our religious uh, in our religious faith. So, um, you know, in TST, we have, you know, something called the religious abortion ritual. And the religious abortion ritual is a is one that uh, provides affirmation and comfort for those who want to um, have an abortion, whether that's medicinal uh, with the use of abortifacients or surgical, doesn't matter, you know, the, the method. And uh, the purpose of it is to cast off notions of guilt, shame, and mental discomfort that, you know, anybody might experience due to the, you know, the choice of having a legal and, and you know, uh, medically safe abortion, um, you know, and even, you know, you know, we talk so much about the fact that like, well, 
you know, why, if, you know, if your beliefs are what they are, why would you experience shame and guilt? You know, what's the purpose? Well, you know, even the most confident, non-apologetic individual can experience uncomfortable feelings and anxiety for choosing to terminate their pregnancy, especially uh, depending on, you know, the, you know, friends and family they're surrounded by, or the fact that, you know, in their state, you know, their entire existence is outlawed or, um, you know, feelings of discomfort and anxiety over the fact that maybe, um, you know, you know, depending on the circumstances or, or mm -hmm. anything like that, whether it's the imposition of waiting periods or state mandated counseling uh, materials, uh, you know, is is meant to exacerbate those feelings. So this ritual is meant to, um, you know, be an internal basically an internal reflection on the choice that, you know, led them to, uh, you know, having, you know, ha you know, performing, performing the abortion. And, you know, uh, it's, it's a source of, of comfort um, for those, uh, you know, just, you know, essentially providing that affirmation that, you know, this is my body. And, you know, I am making a choice about my body and, you know, finding that comfort and solace in that in that decision. So, um, and, uh, so anyway, the, the ritual itself, it's, uh, pretty, could, could pretty I, simple. could, could huh? I pause on that really fast? Because yeah. I, I also want to, I want to emphasize the religious part of the phrase mm -hmm. religious ritual. I think it's important to understand that this isn't a legal loophole, right? This is, it isn't seen as that it is a manifestation of deeply held religious beliefs, right? The ritual emerges from, as with everything else that that uh, TST does, it's a manifestation of our deeply held religious beliefs, yep. of our deep of of our deep convictions as Satanists about our own bodies and about the world around us. And so, what looks what might look on the surface like a like activism is actually deeper than that it is motivated by it is a form of worship as in giving worth giving shape to our religious convictions it is and you know this ritual has been around for a long time i mean i've, I've seen people say oh you just created this ritual for this you know for this clinic oh no like this this ritual has been around for a long time it was actually written by you know one of our ministers and and, you know, you know, because there was there was a need, there was a uh, a religious need for this ritual. And the thing about satanic ritual is that, you know, we create these we create these rituals to fit whatever need we have. Right. I mean, we have destruction rituals. We have on baptisms. We have uh, black masses. We we have um, and, you know, like gender affirming rituals like, you know, ritual is such for a lot of for a lot of Satanists is such an important aspect of their religious practice, uh, whether it's super simplistic, uh, whether it's, you know, private, you know, very personal, or if the ritual has, you know, theater to it, you know, there's there's an audience or whatever. Um, it serves a cathartic purpose. It serves a purpose for that individual and the outcome that the um, that they get from performing that ritual. So um, and so this was so the need for this particular rit ritual came out of a need for the a need of the community, the community 
um, what, you know, really wanted to have something as part of, uh, you know, kind of ritualize the act of obtaining an abortion and kind of wanting something to kind of surround that to provide them that love, you know, that comfort and affirmation. And so, you know, one of our ministers created the ritual for that. And that's, yeah, it, it's been around for a very long time. And so um, one of the things about how, so when it comes to having the clinic, the, the clinic is a way for us to provide, you know, support, you know, material support for the act of, ha- you know, ha- doing the religious abortion ritual. So uh, that's, you know, and, and whether you're in a state that uh, where obtaining an abortion is still legal um, and is, uh, you know, is not subject to a lot of scrutiny or um, prohibition. Or if you're somewhere where it's completely outlawed, um, you know, this clinic serves the purpose of being able to provide, you know, that material support for one's religious practice and that, you know, the engagement in that ritual. So, yeah, the the ritual itself, um, you know, it's pretty simple. You, you know, find a quiet space where you feel comfortable. Um, You can either like internally reflect upon yourself or you can use a literal mirror to see yourself, whatever is available to you or, you know, what where it makes sense for you. Um, and um, what you do is you, you know, imagine yourself, reflect upon yourself, you know, remind yourself of your personhood and your responsibility to yourself. And you start to focus on your intent, you know, take uh, deep breaths, make yourself comfortable. And, you know, when you're ready, you state the uh, third tenant aloud, which begins the ritual. And then, you know, you take the, uh, so, you know, since we're talking about the medication, uh, you know, and the, the TST health, um, you then take the, the abortifacient, uh, swallow the medication, take another deep breath, and then recite the fifth tenant. And then after you've, uh, after the um, process where you pass the pregnancy tissue, you again, return to your reflection and recite your personal affirmation can be whatever, whatever it is to you that makes the most sense or, um, you know, something that is deeply meaningful to you um, in that moment and relating to your decision to perform the ritual. And then um, the, uh, that personal affirmation can be, um, by my body, my blood, by my will, it is done. Uh, could also be a variation of that, or it can be something completely different. Uh, you know, so long as you are, you know, reflecting on that affirmation and giving yourself that that level of comfort and support for the fact that you're doing what you're doing, and then um, and then there there it is that 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 is the that is the completion of the religious abortion ritual so um this also works also with surgical abortions but we're not going to really talk about those because we're talking about the clinic and the clinic is not a physical location of which we are providing those things this is purely a uh an online telehealth clinic yeah yeah so the ritual is really quite beautiful and yeah and so I think one question that people might have is why the 11, 12 week limit? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's based off of, it's based off of the um, acceptable range of pregnancy that you can take uh, abortifacient pills. So that's purely based on what a normal recommended um, method of abortion for up to that many weeks of pregnancy for the abortifacient. After that, uh, abortifacients are not normally recommended. Absolutely. So it's, it's really just a practical medical reason. Um, Let's talk about the name. 
Sam Alito's mom's abortion clinic, which is fucking hysterical. (laughs) But but also why? (laughs) Because there is a reason why. Why? So Sam Alito is the Supreme Court justice who wrote the majority opinion overturning Roe v. Wade. The clinic's name was chosen by TST Health to remind people just how important it is to have the right to control one's body and the potential ramifications of losing that right. So prior to 1973, doctors who performed abortions could lose their licenses and go to jail. Um, And it's also worth pointing out that Samuel Alito's mother had to live in a world where she did not have options. So I guess that's like the the you know one way to one way to put it. But if if I were to reflect on it a little bit more uh, when it comes to maybe more of the spirit of the name, I would say that it's really important for those that wield their positions of authority as weapons to take away the rights of others to be reminded that it is n- it never only impacts the faceless strangers they don't care about. And another point cuz you know I the you know people think it's really hilarious and some people some people often criticize us and this is from the inception of of TST's you know from from our inception that you know when we utilize humor or when we're really cheeky you know does that take away from the seriousness or from the from from your intent or is that your only intent to be hilarious and cheeky and there's no actual seriousness behind what you're doing and it's and i think it's really important you know as we grow and mature as an organization we should always be mindful of not falling into the trap of taking ourselves too seriously yeah um you know a, a certain level of levity does not make our efforts any less sincere and it can also help us deal with the extreme nature of the pursuit of justice and defending our religious rights so for me the seriousness is in the work that we're doing and if we can do so while also having a little bit of fun or, you know, being able to crack wise a little bit, I think that's a really healthy approach. So, you know, I we agree. don't have to be super serious all the time for us to be taken seriously, because I think our actions are pretty like that. What we're putting into the world, that is what speaks to how sincere we are being. Yes. And it's also just a false binary. This because yeah. you know we at least for me satan is kind of this this pan like trickster god you know mm-hmm. and, and so humor is part of it like that yeah. that that trickster element the the humor humor and sincerity those aren't at, opposed to each other they're yeah. they 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 can exist as as just part of the same religious practice together especially if we follow the symbol of satan who is at least for me comedic and deadly serious simultaneously yeah and and, and frankly for somebody who is a, a member of the uterati um <laughs> waking up <laughs> as i like to call it Yes. Um, you know, waking up to the news that, you know, Roe v. Wade was overturned and essentially seeing and being impacted by the um, the, the domino effect of all the trigger laws and, and everything that's been coming down the pipeline. 
it's been a really traumatic experience, um, you know, being being somebody of whom is subjected to these laws and these prohibitions. And not only not only for me seeking medical care, but also being able to be, uh, you know, engage in my religious practice. So it's 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 pretty traumatic. So one of the ways I've always tried to work through my trauma is through the utilization of humor. So for me, seeing the name I got a little chuckle out of it and it made me feel a little bit better, but you know, you know, and I, I, I feel like, like you said, you know, we don't have to choose one or the other two things can happen in tandem and, and frankly work, uh, work well together. And TST has always been that way. I mean, we've been doing it since Lucian put his nutsack on the grave <laughs> of, of Fred Phelps's mom, you yes. know? Yeah. And, and ever since, you know, they were, they were, pouring milk over BDSM babies in Detroit at a Catholic protest or whatever, whatever that thing was. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the fuck that thing was. Um, but you know, there's also just the fact that people respond to, to trauma and to grief in really, really different ways. And it sounds like you're like me in that you respond with really morbid humor and, oh. And yeah. that's that's how I respond. And so people respond to challenging situations, to trauma, to hardship, to to uh, tragedy in very different ways. A lot of us in TST, we handle it with very dark senses of humor. And it is OK, by the way, for other people to not be that way. Right. And so it is 100 percent OK for people to look at that name, to look at the name Sam Alito's mom satanic abortion clinic and just not not have any laughs like it just not hit any funny bone in their entire body. That is OK. Mm-hmm. What I think that we can all do is rally around within TST. I think what we can all do is rally around the cause of TST health, the, yes. the, the program TST health and this incredible milestone that mm-hmm. that TST has hit of of opening the first religious satanic clinic in, at just the first religious abortion clinic yeah. uh, in the United States. That's incredible. And so even if the name turns you off, you, if you really don't like it, let's have that conversation. That's worth, you know, we're Satanists. We're, we need to talk. You know, Satanists, we, we all have our own opinions and we should share those opinions with each other. And we can rally around the the central cause of TST health and celebrate that and celebrate this milestone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um and uh I think it's I think it's absolutely incredible. I mean, this is this has been something that we so when I say we, um people within TST whether at the executive ministry level or, you know, former international council, former, you know, like ever since the existence of religious reproductive rights. There's always been this idea of how can we best put our efforts towards something that is going to directly impact the needs of our community and our people? Because I think the writing on the wall has always been there. Um, our the, the, the real shaky grounds of which Roe v. Wade has been on for so long um, has always been ever present. And so I think as, as terrible as our new reality is, this nece- wasn't necessarily something that any, that 
I think people in our circles were were necessarily surprised by because seeing the way that you seeing the direction of where uh, you know, the laws were going, the people who were being elected into office, seeing how absolutely extreme the rhetoric was getting, seeing how, you know, things were starting to happen either under the radar and then just on the radar. And it just, you know, it, like just this whole domino effect of, you know, you got Project Blitz, right? And, you know, all of the all of the the things that have been happening since that was initiated and just the rise of you know, evangelicalism and this push towards an evangelical country through the force of, you know, putting laws into place to prohibit the free exercise and basically the freedoms of anybody who wasn't a uh, a white cisgendered uh, evangelical male, essentially. And uh, so we've been seeing this, we've been seeing this happen for a long time. And, you know, uh, the, 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 this faulty notion that Roe was always going to be, was always going to stand ground, especially after we saw the um, placement of two rat, like radicalized um, members of uh, the Supreme Court, you know, after the Trump presidency. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're seeing all this stuff happen. And, you know, I think I started seeing the writing on the wall when it came to the overturning of Roe v. Wade uh, once, you know, Trump got elected because we knew that he was going to utilize his power to put in extremist judges into the Supreme Court who were going to lie through their teeth about, you know, oh, well, you know, we won't do anything about Roe just because of precedent and it's been around forever and blah, blah, blah. Like that was law. Th- those were lies. We yeah. all knew they were. They lied so, through their teeth during their confirmations. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we, we all knew. So I think I think that's what really started this real this real push of one of these days one of the worst things to happen to those who need reproductive justice who need reproductive health their lives are going to be destroyed by by the overturn of this and the domino effect that's going to happen when all the states start you know uh putting into effect all the trigger laws or they start writing new laws and they start going absolutely insane literally all the things that have been happening you know it's just like yep this this is what's going to happen so you start taking a look at okay how do we how do we protect ourselves um how do we protect this fundamental part of you know our our religious, our, our religious identity and our religious practice, you know, that, you know, upholding, you know, very, very deeply held beliefs regarding our inviolability and, you know, uh, basing our beliefs on best scientific practice, everything like that. Also encompassing the fact we do have tenets relating to the pursuit of justice over, you know, uh, you know, written or spoken word. And, you know, again, because we have a holistic approach to all of our tenants, like all of these things are, you know, should be seen in tandem and all of our actions are um, uh, are guided by all of these tenants. So um, that's when, you know, the sincere effort of we need to do something for our community and we need to do something to protect our religious practice. So that's that's where real efforts began to um, you know, start getting this clinic up and running. So, you know, we do have this two-tiered approach, you know, there is, you know, there are the lawsuits that we have been engaging in for years, you know, started in Missouri and, and now we have other lawsuits in like Texas and Idaho and other places. 
those are also effective in that, you know, they, they should be happening. I mean, what, you know, if your rights are violated, that, that push should be had, you know, that engagement in the court system should be had. But the problem with it is only in the fact that it takes time. It's yeah. expensive. Um, you, you can't, there's really nothing you can do in the immediacy of the situation that you're in, you know? Um, so that is why I think, you know, us having not only the cl clinic that allows us to, you know, engage in our religious, um, you know, engage in this religious ritual, um, you know, uh, so that we can do that, you know, without um, any interference from state laws, as well as, you know, pursuing the legal, the, um, the legal lawsuits, um, you know, it just, it's, we're, we're doing literally everything we can, but uh, I'm, I'm very excited about the fact that through seeing the writing on the wall, knowing what was going to happen and working so hard to make sure that we had something to help our members in immediacy outside of, you know, taking on the, the, the legal, uh, the legal efforts and money time and all that stuff of, you know, uh, uh, any lawsuits that were put down. Um, we are, we are doing everything we can. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the things where I see a lot of, I, I see a lot of criticism out there about, you know, when things are announced or when people get bad, you know, uh, maybe not necessarily the best ideas of what we can and cannot do, especially since we did see this uptick in membership after the overturn of Roe v. Wade. You know, there were a lot of people out there saying, you know, TST can't help you. And, and in some ways, they were correct. I mean, you know, there is some legitimacy to this, um, to, you know, when Roe v. Wade got overturned and we got this uptick in membership and the stated purpose was, well, if you join the Satanic Temple, you have free access to abortion and right. stuff like that. So there, there were obviously that these, narrative was not right. Yeah. And there were, there were all of these TikTok videos, right? These viral TikTok videos of people yeah. saying, here is this, here is this, interesting legal loophole you can use provided by the satanic temple and that it, that still needed to be tested in court right but a lot of people in tiktok didn't understand the nuances and complexities of the issue and and were overselling the claims in a way that tst itself wasn't Right, right. So yeah, it's, um, you know, a lot of misinformation was getting out there. And, um, you know, that's, you know, it, it was unfortunate, but, you know, it, it's, uh, so, you know, then, then it was, then it was just like, you know, TST's not doing anything to help anybody, you know, this is all fraught. Um, all these lawsuits aren't going to amount to anything and, and stuff like that. So, you know, and, and, you know, we take, we, you know, we, we take that on the, the, the chin and, um, you know, all, all the while we knew exactly what we were doing in preparation to make something like this clinic exist. So, you know, we're, we are doing everything we can. We are yeah. doing more than most people who criticize us are doing. And uh, it feels really good to know that we, um, through the through the tireless efforts of our volunteers, um, through these amazing people that are are volunteering their expertise on you know abortion care and you know running the clinic, um, you know doing this for our um, for those who want to uh, do the religious abortion ritual, um, you know through the director who who again was is continuously putting in countless hours of work to make this work and. Um, and also those who are helping to fund it out of their pockets, you know, yep. there's donations 
stuff like that and the, and the continuous funding that it's going to you know require to get this done you know it just it's it's incredible that we've gotten to this spot and uh something that I was, you know, I was always kind of speculative about whether or not we could actually do it. But seeing this turn into reality, I mean, as 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 a Satanist, as somebody who could very well, you know, be in um, in need of performing the ritual myself, um, you know, I I uh, you know, I still have you know, it's it's incredible knowing that my community is there for me in that capacity, not only for my ability to perform that ritual, but also to, you know, provide that source of support and comfort mm. if, if needed, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. So absolutely, yeah. And we're hoping, yeah. And so, yeah. Um, you know, for right now, you know, we are just basing it out of New Mexico. Um, New Mexico is great uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one being, that uh you know their laws are still pretty pretty decent when it comes to abortion access um also uh their laws about telehealth care are, are really great because there are some there are some states that are they're not so great just kind of depends but um they made it made the most sense for those reasons as far as our ability to actually you know run a run a telehealth clinic but it's also nice because uh new mexico borders uh some you know pretty aggressive uh, aggressively prohibitive states such as like Arizona and Texas uh, that um, you know those who are in need um, can you know potentially have the ability to access um, you know the materials needed to perform the religious abortion ritual um, being so close so that's um, so that's been fantastic and hopefully once we get everything up and running and everything's uh, we we start getting you know more support and hopefully you know with more funding more support, um, other volunteers that, that might help us expand into other states. Um, that is the, that is the hope and that is the goal. So, um, you know, you have to, you have to start somewhere. So, you know, that's, that's where we're at, but, um, our intent is absolutely to, um, make sure that other, other people and other states have, have access as well. So I asked my discord server if they had any questions for you and you actually answered most of them. Um, Yeah, but there were some really, really good uh, questions here. And this one, I think, is particularly interesting. So this is from someone in my Discord server, and they ask, what is something that we can, what is something that people do that looks like help, but really isn't? So for people who want to help the cause, who want Mm -hmm. to get the word out, who want to support this abortion clinic or TST's reproductive rights campaign, so on and so forth. What what is something that people think is helpful, but actually isn't? Trying to raise funds, I think, for for this. You know, so we we are taking donations. We are consistently, you know, taking donations from those who uh, maybe they don't have any use for the ritual, but they also want to make sure that you know this this is uh, you know available to others takes money to operate this thing. So, um, you know, we, we do take donations, but, um, I, I think, uh, maybe the, the inappropriate, the, the inappropriate advertising or trying to contextualize this into something that it's not, and then trying to raise funds for it. So this kind of relates to the example of those, like, you know, TikTok people who are like, yeah, if you're a member of TST, um, you know, you automatically get access to an abortion no matter where you are. So things like that. So I think uninformed, misguided, Unin- yeah. 
Huh? I was going to say uninformed proselytizing on behalf. Uninformed proselytizing, yeah. Um, because one of the things we want to make incredibly clear when it comes to um, our this religious ritual is this is a ritual that is performed by people who have, you know, sincere religious beliefs. This is not something that was created so that anybody who wants to claim they are a Satanist and they, um, it's not a clever hack or tool for those who need abortion care to get it um, and, you know, engage in a ritual that is not sincere to them or actually conflicts with their own personal deeply held beliefs. It, um, it isn't like one of those terrible Google ad that you see on like bad websites. This one right. weird secret that doctors don't want you to know. This isn't the this this isn't that. This isn't the this one weird secret that conservative, you know, fundamentalist Christians in government don't want you to know. No, this isn't that. It isn't a loophole. This is something that that you can just opt into. It is for religious people who have these religious convictions. Yes. And um, those who want to engage in this religious abortion ritual, um, you know, are wanting to do so because it uh, reflects their own deeply held personal beliefs. And this ritual has a deep, meaningful impact for them. Um, so um, I think when it comes to the language, when talking about the clinic or talking about the ritual, language matters. So talking about it, you know, from, you know, talking about it as what it is, it is a deeply meaningful religious ritual that, you know, we, um, that, uh, you know, people engage in when they want to, you know, perform, you know, or, you know, to have an abortion and, um, and that um, we are not, calling it, you know, a, a ritual abortion or anything like that. Yeah, language, language matters. And so I would just encourage people who want to get the word out there to go to tsthealth.org and, you know, not only really um, absorb the language that is used and absorb all the information is there, like we're, we have so much information on there about what this is, what this clinic is, um, what the religious abortion ritual is and why we are doing this. You know, make sure to really understand what this is um, and, you know, even copy paste the language when talking about it to, you know, friends, family online um, and making sure that if people have questions about it, if you don't know the answer, don't guess. Yes. Um, cite your source or provide your source, you know, and we are the best source for what not only this is, but also why this uh, religious ritual is um, so important and, and why it is a part of our, um, our practice. Um, uh, so yeah, I think that's, you know, so a lot of a lot of things when it comes to people that think they are helping um, when it comes to getting the word out, a lot of the fallacy or a lot of the things that kind of set us back a lot. And then we have to completely always can, you know, contend with and answer for is just the miss, um, uh, misrepresentation of things and, um, you know, things that are just so easily fixed by actually just 
looking at the website or or looking at the the resources. So just you know utilize utilize the language. Um, you know don't get terribly creative and you know don't talk on things that um, you don't feel confident talking about. And yeah, don't don't uh, present you know this particular thing as being anything but you know a, a sincere effort to uh, provide a material source for those wanting to engage in this religious ritual. Yeah, you can always do what I do. Whenever someone really, really, really wants to get into the weeds with me about religious reproductive rights campaign, or any, honestly, any of TST's campaigns, gray faction, mm-hmm. sober faction, doesn't matter what it is. I'm like, yeah. you know what? I love the work that they are doing, but that's just not my, I don't work with them. I don't know the material as very well. Just go to their website if you yeah. want to talk about ministry, I can talk about ministry all fucking day, all day long. All yeah. day long. I can talk about that nonstop, but I don't I don't have any really close connection in TST with the campaigns. So just go to their website. That's what I do. Yeah. You can take a page from my handbook and do what I do yeah. uh, and just direct people to the source uh, directly. Yeah. And, you know, don't, don't encourage people to, um, recruit or proselytize on our behalf because we do not recruit or proselytize. This effort is not in This effort is not a way for us to recruit and proselytize either Satanism or get more members or, um, take advantage of people in desperate situations to engage in a religious practice to, um, you know, get more members or whatever, like this is not what this is about. And so, Um, You know, we really want to press upon, you know, the intent of what this is, but very importantly, what this is not. Um, So it's, uh, yeah, it's really important people understand that that is not the intention of what we're doing here. Mm, Yeah, definitely. What's the response been like? So, so you're doing a lot of media for this. So, so what is the, what has the response been like to this announcement so far? So this answer has a couple parts because there's been um, so there's been how people have responded and how people have been actively ignoring it. So what I mean by that is I'll I'll break it down. So for, for the response that we have been getting internally, when it comes to our congregations, membership, um, I've seen nothing but positive um, response. You know, I I think people, I, I think our members and, you know, Satanists that, you know, holds, you know, hold the tenants to be deeply held beliefs. And they, you know, they are, um, they see this as being a very welcome thing. Uh, you know, we have, we've got nothing but support for this. And, um, you know, we've, uh, been able to, you know, address any questions or concerns that have come up. Um, we have actively tried to be available for anybody that, you know, has any issues or maybe they don't quite understand or, you know, they just kind of want some clarifications on things. But for the most part, um, it's been very positive. And I think that um, our community has has seen this as being, you know, um, a valuable resource uh, for those who who want it and need it. So that's so that's been nice. Um, it, it's nice when, you know, what we what we try to do to provide for the community is supported by and seen as a positive impact by the community. So that's been really nice. Um, as far as externally, um, you know, the usual, uh, you know, the usual response as far as whether it's like Fox News or um, we've been getting a lot of uh, a lot of attention from like pro-life, you know, blogs and 
like, you know, Christian life, you know, news agencies and things like that. It's It's been the typical rhetoric. Uh, you know, they're the ones sending in questions about, you know, how do you justify, you know, what do you have to say about those who view this as a, as a human rights violation and you're committing, you know, you engaging in genocide, you know, things like that. Um, you know, that, yeah, the, the, the typical misrepresentation or the intentional misrepresentation and the typical outrage that we see from certain avenues, I, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we, we can't do anything without those types of responses. So we just respond to the ones that we we feel are, you know, are, you know, are worthy of our response and ignore the rest because we already know it's in bad faith anyway. So, I mean, we're doing, I mean, you know, if, if somebody is reaching out for official commentary, we're doing what we can to respond to it because, you know, at the very least, if they're going to, if they're going to misrepresent us at the very least, they've got a direct quote from us about it. And, you know, yeah. They'll do what they do. So, but I think one of the most interesting things about all this is uh, the lack of response. So the lack of attention. So the typical news media that has been, you know, that, that you know, you would say are um, either liberal, left-leaning, whatever, those who are generally in support of, you know, uh, the, the topic of reproductive justice and and uh, are just as outraged by the overturn of Roe v. Wade and, you know, are, are doing what they can to highlight the efforts of anyone and, you know, anyone and everyone who are trying to seek reproductive justice. Um, you know, they're, they're usually at the front lines of trying to highlight those and make sure people know about it. They haven't been talking about this clinic at all. Hmm. And it's it's been a it, it it's been really interesting um, because you would think that any effort made towards trying to fight for reproductive justice, especially since we're going at it from the point of you know we are a religious people who you know reproductive justice and rights are a part of uh, are a part of our fundamental tenets and deeply held beliefs, and so unlike other avenues of which other organizations, uh, funds, things like that are trying to maintain rights or try to get them back, you know, via the, via the typical way we normally see it, you know, th this is a religious group who are utilizing their protections as a rel religious group to um, maintain their right for, you know, bodily autonomy. And, you know, that relates to reproductive justice. They're just not talking about it. I mean, they're completely ignoring us. And, you know, we we've been, uh, you know, we've, you know, sent the, you know, sent the notification press releases and, you know, have, you know, contacted our normal, you know, people as far as like, hey, you know, didn't know if you saw the press release, but this is going on. If you're interested in commentary or whatever, like we're, we're available. I mean, we really anticipated quite the um, quite the reaction when we first announced on February 1st. And it's it's been radio silent from hmm. from uh, those particular news agencies and outlets and so but you know what's really funny so absolute quiet on on the clinic but then the grammys happen and all of a sudden our spokesperson lucian greaves is getting like request after request after request for commentary <laughs> about the grammy the satanic grammy performance sam smith's grammy performance yes yeah which I thought it was great. I, I mean, I, I got to watch it on YouTube and I, you know, I was just yeah, like, me oh, too. Awesome. But, it was um, cool. the, the funny thing about that is that Lucian 
probably fucking hate Sam Smith's music. Probably cannot handle. <laughs> probably just, just, just completely hates pop music, and gets very annoyed whenever he gets asked to comment on pop music, satanic pop music. Yeah. <laughs> I the idea the Grammys were even a thing. So the fact that he's getting request after request. So we've got the chuckle fucks, you know, Bobert and Taylor Green. I mean. They're talking about the clinic. They're tweeting about it. They're they're outraged and everything like that. But there's no other interest from those who would, you know, see our efforts for what they are and hopefully report on them as, you know, as they are. No, they just want to know what Lucian Grease has to say about a fucking Grammy performance. And so that, that's been a really odd it's, it's been really odd, and I, I think it's an intentional exclusion of our efforts when it comes to religious reproductive rights. And I, I feel like this has been a thing because, you know, uh, I, I think if you remember when, you know, Overturn of Roe v. Wade, and then there was this, uh, there was this Jewish community, and I also think it was a Baptist community that actually filed suit in Florida. And That's so, right, yeah. Um, yeah, so there are there are other religions, there are other religious groups that, you know, uh, access to reproductive health is a part of their religious practice and in some way or another. And um, they feel that the that people's ability to or the prohibition of reproductive care actually violates their ability for free religious exercise. So they're they're also seeking, um, you know, legal reprieve for that media, any media outlet that, again, um, has always highlighted these topics. They always like they'll talk about that, but there is no mention of us. It's almost like we're we're not even included in this topic of religious reproductive rights, even though we've been we've been championing the idea of religious reproductive rights for almost 10 years now. So. I, I kind of feel, and so this is me just kind of throwing out my own interpretation, whether it's bullshit or not, I'm just kind of coming at this from my view of it, which is like a, my, my working theory right now is that, you know, post row, there, there is a fear of association when it comes to like Satan and abortion, um, that that fear leads to the justification of further prohibition. And so before the overturn of Roe, we were just these clever activists, you know, quote unquote, that, you know, that they obviously loved writing about. We were all over the place. You know, you know, we all remember like Jeks being everywhere. We all like we remember all of the various ways in which the the media was talking about, you know, our fight for religious reproductive freedom. But then now post Roe, they're, I mean, they're, they're absolutely terrible. Like the reality of the situation is hit and they're, they're purposely keeping us from the conversation. They're, they're purposely just trying to ignore us out of existence. It's, it's upsetting. It's upsetting a little bit because, you know, it, it's just further, like we're, we're doing the work and you never know, like with the lawsuits or with the clinic, I mean, you never know what's going to be the thing that, our efforts prove to be the 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 foot in the door for us, you know, actually being able to have security in in our in our reproductive rights when it comes to the, you know our free you know uh, freedom of religious practice. You never know what's going to be the thing that you know turns the turns the tide, and it may or may not be our efforts. 
Um, I hope it is, you know, I hope we finally get somewhere when it comes to, you know, our, our, uh, you know, especially, you know, our legal efforts. I just, I just have this feeling that, you know, yeah, we're, we're being ignored out of existence. They don't want us to be a part of that. They, they, you know, they don't want us to, um, they probably there's this idea that, you know, we just, we just give, we just give religious reproductive rights a bad name, despite the fact that we've been doing this for 10 years, you know, they, they would rather prefer anybody else be the ones to do it and then they get the highlight and they get the 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 applause the accolades and it's not even about applause or accolades it's just you know it's just calling to attention this is this is uh what we're doing and how we're doing it and also you know the attention we get is one more person knowing it exists and then therefore if they are somebody that wants to you know perform the religious abortion ritual they know where they can go so that they have access to it it's been really weird. I, you know, I've, I've been doing this for almost 10 years. I've, I've seen a litany of odd reactions to various things about the things we do, the things we don't do, like, you know, the things that cause an absolute circus and the things that people just don't give a shit. Like I've seen a, a tweet, a, an offhanded tweet being, you know, the subject of international media um, like, you know, like a, a, an offhanded tweet by Lucian Greaves being subject to two weeks of news cycles from international media. And then, you know, which is just stupid. And then I've seen like, um, you know, like, like gray faction efforts where, you know, a an absolute quack therapist who, um, you know, had their life because of because of the evidence we presented to the licensing board of them abusing patients um, you know, we, we were able, we were instrumental in providing the evidence needed for that person to no longer hurt people anymore. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares. I, I almost yeah. wonder if it's because, so a lot of those news articles that I have read in, and, and this was especially during like the, the hail Satan question mark movie era, sure. right? In 2018, 2019, right? A lot of those headlines would describe TST as like merry pranksters. What, yeah. You know, and, and, and they're really being like this knowing wink of, oh, they're joking. And I... Yeah, they feel like they're in on the joke. They feel like they're in on the joke. And I sometimes wonder that they they're starting to feel like the joke is a bit old and it's like oh they're 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 actually taking this really seriously they are mm -hmm. actually satanists and that means i have to take them seriously and and i mean yeah. by them i mean the, you know i i mean the the liberal news outlets i mean the people yeah. who would otherwise be supporting us right who would otherwise be covering this news and covering our successes like the gray faction win that you just mentioned like the abortion clinic it's almost i sometimes get the feeling of like maybe they feel like the joke is wearing thin or they they're realizing that we aren't a joke and they realize that we're actually satanists and and i i think that causes cognitive dissonance for a lot of people and the the marriage of abortion and religion because normally historically those things have been at odds with each other in america right yeah and and suddenly they go together suddenly they they're they're part of the same thing and and maybe and it's, it's with satanists no less with real Satanists, right? And maybe it just causes a lot of cognitive dissonance and people would rather not deal with that. 
Yeah, well, I mean, the concept of abortion and religion uh, being opposed, I mean, ask any Jewish person how they feel about that. And I'll tell you, well, this has been a part of our, you know, practice you, you for, know, for it, thousands it, of years. Yeah. No, it's a very it's a very modern. By the way, for people who don't know this, you're absolutely right. The 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 prohibitions against abortion are very recent, even within Christianity. Yes. Even, even within evangelicalism. Even within evangelicalism. Evangelicals didn't give a shit. They did not give a fuck about abortion until yep. the topic came along to be politicized as a wedge issue to divide this country so that yeah. they so, could gain dominance. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think to your point, I, I really do believe that we have always been we have always been more palatable as being seen as the flying spaghetti monster in Blackcraft. Like, I, I think that's <laughs> yes. really, uh, yeah. So we're far more palatable. And as long as we're a joke, as long as we're just those, you know, those cheeky Satanists that are, um, you know, having a laugh and, you know, entertaining us, as long as we're entertainment, then, you know, they they don't mind talking about us highlighting us like this is fun but yeah now that we live in a post-roll world now that we live in the post-trump world now that we live in a world of QAnon, now that we live now that the reality this reality exists and we're in this fucking hell world right um taking us seriously because we are being serious even if we have even if we pepper in some cheekiness along the way they are finally opening their eyes and seeing us for what we are. And now it's just like, well, we can't associate with that yeah. for whatever reason. And um, yeah, I think, I, I think that now that we're no longer just strictly entertainment for them, that they, they're just like, okay, well, yeah, just, just ignore us out of existence. I mean, I, I think that's really, that's what, what's really going on. And it's, I mean, it's a damn shame. It, it really is. Um, people are people are also scared of pissing off the fundamentalists. Even even pro-choice people are scared of pissing off the fundamentalists. It's like if if you paint yeah. too too extreme a picture, if you paint too, mm -hmm. you know, too scary an image like Satanists and abortion, mm -hmm. then then oh that will that will cause uh, you know some you know the the conservative mental shutdown and. Um, so I think people are afraid of of that. People are afraid yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always heard I've always heard people, um, I, you know, and one of the reasons that we don't work with other organizations is because of that fear. Like, you know, they don't want the baggage and stain of Satan to uh, reflect on their work. So that's why we've always been incredibly independent. You know, that's why if we have supporters and donors, they are anonymous, you know, <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, we don't, we, we usually don't work in tandem with other organizations like, you know, Planned Parenthood or any, or anything else when it comes to our, you know, reproductive rights campaign. And so, um, I, I, like, I understand that. I understand that fear, but, you know, it like the worst, I mean, the worst is already happening. So it, it's just like, things can't get worse. The worst is already happening. So what do you have left? You, you know, you, like you have to fight back. Yep. And I'm I'm of you know, I'm of the opinion that, you know, I there's nothing we there's nothing we can do to make it worse. It's already bad. It, it is it is already worse, you know, full like 
people do not need the fear of Satan. They have not needed the fear of Satan to not only overturn Roe v. Wade, but to start implementing laws that completely outlaw abortion, that, you know, make um, that make uh, uterus bears, you know, women or, or anybody with a uterus like to be fucking criminals. And banning and ectop- ectop- I can't say the word ectopic. ectopic, yeah, ectopic pregnancy. So even if you experience something like an ectopic pregnancy, which is no fault of anybody, yeah. you know, it's purely a biological thing that happens. I'm sure, you know, I've experienced an ectopic pregnancy. Nobody for the reality we are living in, for the laws that are currently in place, for the for the people who are currently dying as a result of these laws being passed, nobody needed the fear of Satan to do it. It has nothing to do with the fear of Satan. It has nothing to do with fear of who we are. It has everything to do with their beliefs that those who are capable of reproduction are a means to an end and they are not real people and that, you know, they hold the power over us. So, you know, so this fear of, you know, recognizing and highlighting the fact that Satanists are doing something to, you know, protect their access to, um, you know, uh, uh, abortion and their their ability to engage in, you know, the religious abortion ritual. That's not going to encourage people to do more than they're already actively doing. Yeah. Well, I, I will say. This is the first thing that TST has done that has that has provoked people in my personal life to reach out to me and be like, what is this? So I got a text from a family member who is very Christian. I love her to death. I mm-hmm. adore her. She sent me Lucian's post announcing the clinic. It was like, what are your thoughts on this? And I told her my thoughts on it. We did not see eye to eye. That's fine. But we we did have a very, very productive conversation about where we stand and why. Um, So this is the first thing that TST has ever done that has prompted people in the wild to reach out to me. (laughs) Sorry, you're going to hear Sebastian now. Sebastian the cat. Sebastian the cat. Motherfucker. Well, we've been going for over an hour, but this has been fantastic. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Oh, where can people where can people find uh, the information for the clinic? Um, so for the clinic, uh, it's just tsthealth.org. Um, that is the main website um, for anything you could possibly want to know about the clinic, its operations, um, how to get access, who's eligible, um, you know, things with either money, you know, again, it's, it's a free service. The only thing that you have to pay for is the actual abortifacient, which again is a lot, a lot cheaper option than most other, most other things. Um, I mean, I guess my last, I, I guess to address another, um, a, a, Maybe to address one more thing that one more thing that has come up um, as this was announced, and we we got a lot of people saying, well, you know, there's nothing special about what they are about what they are doing. You that there are other services that you can that you can do. Um, just to kind of talk about the difference between our service as opposed to you know, yeah, other that's services. important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, so unlike other online 
medication abortion services, um, we provide abortifacients for those wanting to perform, you know, TSD's religious abortion ritual. Um, and because this is a religious ritual, it is protected by the Religious Freedom Restoration Act or RIFRA, um, and is not subject to laws that burden our right to free religious exercise. Um, other medication abortion services and those seeking them are subject, are still subject to state prohibitions, even if they're able to access the medication. So when, um, you know, when talking about the differences and why we're doing what we're doing, as opposed to just being any other, um, any other service that provides, I mean, it's a very specific purpose that has its own uh, own protections that are not afforded to others. And so that's, again, why this is kind of like the cornerstone keystone as to why this is a religious abortion clinic um, and it is different from from those other ones and that you know we are trying to protect a um, a, a religious right a, a religious practice uh, the engagement you know in a religious ritual and providing how you would engage in that ritual which is including you know the material part of the the abortifacient so um i saw that come up a lot so i figured i would address that particular question but um yeah if anyone has any questions generally speaking about anything we've talked about tsthealth.org is a really great place um any general questions um can be directed at rrr at the satanictemple.com. That's the general email for the religious reproductive rights campaign. And, um, you know, they're, they're super on top of, you know, answering inquiries and just really making sure that people feel like, you know, they, they can come to us any questions, concerns they have um, and uh, get the answers they need. So I, as a Satanist, as a member of the Uterati, I am incredibly excited that we are able to provide this, um, that, you know, people that want to perform this ritual have the, the means to, um, you know, access this and um, especially in a, in a cheap and we're also taking this very seriously, you know, uh, the volunteers we have that are operating the clinic are incredible. Um, are lending their years and years of expertise in this field to make sure we are providing the best possible care, uh, you know, um, especially in uh, in line with our beliefs and um, that everything we are doing is is um, supporting our community and supporting our right to religious practice. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just so proud of the people that did all the work to make this a reality. Yeah, me too. It's a huge, huge, huge accomplishment. And I'm really excited for everything that's coming in the future. And as we covered, if you have questions, email rrr at thesatanictemple.com. And tsthealth.org. And tsthealth.org, i.e. not to me. I do not have the answers that you seek, but those websites do. So if you have questions, don't even bother asking me. Don't even approach me on the Discord server. Don't ping me on Twitter. Just go straight to those websites. All right. And I guess if anyone has any questions about anything I've said or want to complain or whatever, <laughs> uh, my name, Shalise, at the satanictemple.com. Perfect. Yeah, everyone send your hate mail to Shalise. Yep. She loves it. All right. Yep. Okay, well, that is it for this show. As always, it is a pleasure, Shalise. I'm sure we will talk soon. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate it. The music is by Eleventy-Seven. You can find them on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you listen to music. The show is written, produced, and edited by me, Stephen Bradford Long, and it is made possible by my patrons at patreon.com slash Stephen Bradford Long. As always, hail Satan, and thanks for listening. <laughs>